0: morning and it is a really beautiful sunday morning it's crazy to me that two weeks ago we had record low temperatures and we couldn't meet but here we are without an ounce of snow on the ground i mean that's that's crazy to me but that's just how god decided to make his world i want to welcome all those visitors that are here with us we're so thankful you decided to join us Um, all those who are on the live stream we're thankful you've chosen to tune in Um, all those visitors we hope that you'll make us a part of your weekly routine. For some of you, I don't know if you can think this far back, but I want you to think back to your childhood. For me, not that long ago, um, only like 15 years, but for some of us, that's a bit longer. But think back to your childhood, to some of your favorite games that you like to play. Um, For some, it might have been like War or Capture the Flag, Um, games like Hide and Seek. Um, Maybe Simon Says, I don't know why you'd like that game, but some kids love it. Specifically I want to think about one game. The game follow the leader. Follow the leader is a game where there's someone in the front and you follow them and you do what they do. Where they go you follow. Um, If the leader decides to stick their arm out everyone has to stick their arm out. If he looks up everybody looks up. So on and so forth. Um, Follow the leader. Specifically I remember in elementary school we had what was known as the line leader and man was that a coveted honor. Everybody wanted to be the line leader, the person the teacher chose that day to lead the kids where they needed to go. Well, in Christianity, we are playing a massive game of follow the leader, Jesus being the ultimate leader. Where he goes, we follow. What he does, we do. Um, Turn in your Bibles, if you want, this morning to Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. Luke 9 and verse 23. and he said to all if anyone would come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow take up his cross daily and follow me jesus said if anyone wants to come after me if anyone would come after me that's what we should want more than anything to come after jesus to come after him means to be like him to follow him to be a part uh, of his group of his followers and so this morning I want to look at these three steps that he gives us. To to come after him, we have to deny ourselves, take up our crosses daily, and follow him. So I want to look at these three steps to see how we can truly come after him and follow our leader. To give you some context in this chapter, some context in the book of Luke, Luke is writing a a chronological account mostly um, to strengthen the faith of Gentile Christians. And in chapter nine, we see the 12 apostles get sent out. We see Jesus feeding 5,000 people, and in another account, in the account of John, we see that those people immediately tried to take him and make them their king. They saw that that he was a provider, and they thought, this is the guy that's going to lead us against the Romans. And then you have the great confession of Peter in verses 18 through 20. Jesus said, who do the crowd say that I am? And in verse 19, they answered, John the Baptist, but others say Elijah, and others that one of the prophets of old has risen. Then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, the Christ of God. Now in basically all of the gospels, this confession is a turning point in the ministry of Jesus. This is a big deal. The the disciples finally get it, at least to some extent, that Jesus is the Christ. But what they're thinking is, he's going to be the one who comes and defeats the Romans. He's going to create this large army and destroy all the enemies of the Jews and bring the Jews up to power. And so The way that Jesus says to come after him, to to join his army, if you will, are these three things. Deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow. Now that's backwards. That's not how you join an army. And so I want to look at these three things in depth to see how we come after Jesus. So to begin, coming after Jesus really means changing your life. First, by denying yourself. Deny yourself. We all have desires. We all have things that we want, some good some bad. You know, my dream one day is to be an Olympic curler. I don't really know why. I think curling's cool. Um, It's shuffleboard, but giant and on ice. Um, It's a cool thing. But all these things that we want, anything that you want in your life, you need to take a step back and look at it and consider, how is this thing going to affect my relationship with God? Even if it's not something sinful, you need to look at it and say, how will this affect my relationship with God? Denying yourself means cutting things out that are going to get between you and God, that are going to put a wedge between you and God. You're not going to indulge in those things anymore. Whether they're sinful or not, you're going to ca- cut those things out of your life. When I look at Luke chapter 9, I can't help but see an awesome pattern that Luke has put in. When you look at Luke chapter 9, the rest of the chapter, we're going to see examples of people who aren't willing to deny themselves. And examples of people who aren't willing to take up their cross. And finally, examples of people who aren't willing to follow, and so I want to look at these bad examples of Luke, um, and and I want us to get something out of them. So stay in Luke chapter 9, and look at verse 37. On the next day, when they'd come down from the mountain, a great crowd met him there. The mountain being the Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, Peter, James, and John went up with Jesus, and they saw Moses and Elijah on the mountain. So that's happened, and they've come down the next day, and there's a great crowd. Verse 38, and behold, A man from the crowd cried out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. And behold, a spirit seizes him, and he suddenly cries out. It convulses him so that he foams at the mouth and shatters him and will hardly leave him. And I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, How long am I to be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. And while he was coming, the demon threw him to the ground and convulsed him. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the boy and gave him back to his father. And all were astonished at the majesty of God. So this man brings his son, his son who who has a demon, he's possessed, and um, he brings him to the disciples of Jesus. Jesus is up on the mountain, so he brings him to the disciples. And he said in verse 40, I beg your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. And look at the answer Jesus gives oh faithless and twisted generation now i want to ask you who in this story is faithless it's not the man he was willing to bring his son to jesus jesus is up on the mountain so he came to his disciples the man isn't the one who's faithless here it's his own disciples we know from another account that this kind of demon could only be cast out with prayer see the disciples were trying to cast this demon out by their own authority by the authority that Jesus had given them. They weren't relying on God and the power of God to cast this demon out. I think that's an example of people who aren't willing to deny themselves. When a problem comes up in your life, how do you handle it? Do you try and solve everything on your own? Are you, are you a problem solver or do you rely on God? The disciples are faithless here because instead of relying on God to solve this problem, they're relying on themselves. They're not willing to deny themselves of that need to have power and authority so coming after jesus means changing your life by denying yourself by by humbling ourselves and and cutting those things out of our life that are going to cause a wedge between us and god secondly coming after jesus means changing your life by taking up your cross daily you know we talk about taking up our cross a lot Um, maybe you have a bum ankle and someone says well that's just my cross to bear Or you have back problems. That's just my cross to bear. I don't necessarily think that that's that's sinful to say or anything like that. But I don't think that's what Jesus means when he says to take up your cross daily. What Jesus is saying here, when he says the cross, our first thought, when you see someone with the cross, oh, well, that person claims to be a Christian. When a Jew in the first century saw a cross, you know what they thought? Death. The cross was an instrument of death. If you saw a cross, it means that somebody had died. You didn't go on the cross and come back off still alive. And so when Jesus says to take up your cross daily, what he's referring to is putting yourself to death. That's tough. Put yourself to death. I think that a great example of this, a great verse that brings this out is Galatians chapter two and verse 20. Maybe you know the song um, that's been put to those words. I've been crucified with Christ nevertheless I live, yet not I but Christ lives in me, and the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith and the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. I have been put to death, nevertheless I live. Paul has put his past self to death. That, that Hebrew of Hebrews, the, the, the Jew that was going around persecuting Christians, that man has been put to death. That man isn't alive anymore. Now it's Christ that's living in Paul. And to bring one more verse in to bring this out, Romans 6, verses 3 and 4, do you not know that so many of us, as we're baptized into Christ Jesus, we're baptized into his death. So you're baptized into his death, you're crucified. Therefore, we're buried with him by baptism into death, so that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too can walk in a newness of life. Baptism is, is one of the moments that we crucify our past selves and we're raised to walk a new life. I think the example that, that Luke gives us is in chapter 9, verses 46 through 48. An argument arose among them as to which of them was the greatest. But Jesus, knowing the reasoning of their hearts, took a child and put him by his side and said to them, Whoever receives this child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is least among you all is the one who is greatest. So the apostles are arguing about which one of them is the greatest. And and what they're really talking about, who's the greatest in the sense of the coming kingdom of God? Who will be at the right hand of Jesus? Who will be his generals in this battle against the Romans? That's what they're talking about here. And so Jesus uses a child to show that, that that's not what our aim should be anymore. If we've put our past selves to death, if we've taken up our cross, our aim shouldn't be power. It shouldn't be authority. Our aim should be to be childlike, to be innocent, to be pure. That's what our aim should be um, if if we have put ourselves to death, if we've crucified ourselves. And I think there's one word in there that's very important that we gloss over. I, I even glossed over it when I read it for a second, because the other accounts don't include it, but Luke does, and it's very important. Daily. We have to take up our cross daily. This isn't a one-time thing. The moment you're baptized, sure, you've taken up your cross. You've put yourself to death. But this is a constant battle between you and your old self. Your old self is going to try and come out of that grave. It's going to try and convince you to go back to that life. I bet Paul sometimes had regrets. I mean, he had it all as a Jew, but he, he didn't need to. And he never let that past self come out because he'd been crucified with Christ. Christ was living in him now, and that's what he wanted. So this is something we have to do every single day. When that old self tries to come up out of the grave, we need to just throw more dirt on it. Keep that old self in the grave. So coming after Jesus means changing your life by denying yourself, by taking up your cross daily, and by following him. This is what it all comes down to. Are you willing to follow Jesus, to be a follower of him? Are you willing to Follow the leader, back to that opening illustration that we looked at. Are are you willing to follow the leader, to do what he does, to imitate him? A changed life is one that is imitating Jesus. Galatians 2.20, back to that verse, Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ, okay, there's taking up your cross. Nevertheless I live, yet not I but Christ lives in me. So it's not Paul that's living anymore, it's Jesus that's living through him. That doesn't mean that Paul was literally dead. He's not a zombie walking around. It means that when people looked at Paul, they didn't see that, that old Paul anymore, the one who was persecuting Christians. When people looked at Paul, what they saw was Jesus. If people look at you, what do they see? Do they see that old man before you were baptized, before you crucified yourself? Or when people look at you, do they see Jesus? Luke, once again, gives us a bad example of this, a bad example of following In chapter 57 through 62, he actually gives us three examples in in this uh, text. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. So this man comes up to Jesus and says, I will follow you anywhere. Anywhere you go, I'm going to go there. I'm going to follow the leader. That's what this man is saying. But this man didn't consider the consequences of what he was saying. See, Christianity is going to be tough. Following Jesus is going to be tough sometimes. What are you going to do? Jesus is saying, what are you going to do when night falls and we don't have a house to to stay in and it gets cold? What are you going to do when you get hungry and we don't have any food to eat? Because that's going to happen. This man said, I will follow you, but he didn't consider the consequences. That's something that we can't do. If you want to follow Jesus, you have to consider the consequences. Um, You have to sacrifice things in your life to be his. Then in verse 59, to another he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now this one sounds pretty harsh. This man said, let me go and bury my father. His father seems to be dead to us. He wants to go bury him. And Jesus said, that's not what's important. You need to go and proclaim the kingdom. But what we don't understand culturally is, let me go and bury my father, doesn't mean that his father was dead yet. His father would be sick, maybe for a week, maybe for a month, maybe for a year. Who knows how long his father would be sick. His father might even recover from this illness. He just had a fever and was ill, and this man wanted to be there and bury his father eventually. See, this man, he's going to follow Jesus, sure, but he's caught up in the circumstances of life. We can't afford to let that happen. We can't let The circumstances of life come in. When Jesus says, follow me, we can't say, well, I'm going to follow you, Jesus, but first I have to figure some things out. Or, I'm going to follow you, Jesus, but I need to get these things together first. That's what this man did, and it's a bad example of following. We need to stay away um, from letting the circumstances of life influence our following of Jesus. And then the last one, verse 61. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, But let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. This man said, I'll follow you, but first I want to go say goodbye to my family. So what did this man do wrong? What's wrong with that? He wants to follow Jesus, sure, but he wants to do it under his own conditions. He wants to, to do it on his terms. He wants to follow Jesus, but he said, well, I'm not willing to cut some things out of my life. That, that's how that's how this would look in our lives. I'll follow you Jesus, but I'm not going to cut this out of my life because it's too important. I'm not going to get rid of this job that, that's influencing my ability to worship because it's it's just not something I'm willing to do in following you Jesus. That's what this looks like in our lives. If we're going to come after Jesus, if we're going to change our lives, we have to follow him without question. We have to follow him through all circumstances and we have to follow him on his terms. If we want to come after Jesus, we have to be willing to change our lives. And the best way that I can think about this, um, my wife loves to watch Fixer Upper, or at least she used to all the time. And, and I love those home remodeling shows because they'll take something that's not very good and make it look awesome. But if you've ever watched one of those, they don't go in and just put a new painted coat on the house and then try and sell it. That's not going to work. There's issues that are, that, are deep, that are rooted deep in that house. Maybe there's mold. Uh, Maybe the the structure just isn't that good and so what they do is they go in and they gut the house Um, They they take the walls out. They redo them They put in all new appliances If we want to follow jesus We can't just let him put a new painted coat on we have to let him come in and actually work on us We have to let him come in and completely redo Everything about us. We have to be willing to change our lives completely So if we want to do this first off, we have to deny ourselves like he said We have to put sinful things behind us. We can't be smudged by sin. We have to come after Jesus instead. That has to be our focus. If we want to come after him, we have to take up our cross. Put our old self to death. That's tough, but Paul was willing to do it. Paul had it all, and if he's willing to put that old self to death and follow Jesus after all the sin that he committed, all the the innocent people that he killed, we can do it as well. We can put our old self to death. We have to to crucify ourselves, and like I said, this is daily. This is an active thing. You have to work every single day to keep your old self in the grave, and just like playing follow the leader, we have to follow him. We have to imitate him in everything that he did. When Jesus went and broke down social barriers in John chapter 4, and he talked to the Samaritan woman, as a follower, as someone who's imitating him, we need to break down social barriers. We need to go talk to I mean, our Muslim neighbor, somebody like that, that that maybe we don't think about often. We need to go talk to that person about Jesus. That's breaking down a social barrier. We need to follow him and mimic him and do what he does. Follow him in everything that we do. So when we do these three things, we are all going to be changed people on the path of Christ. And how much better is our world going to look if every single one of us commits 100% to denying ourselves, to taking up our cross every day, and to following him? I think our world will be a much better place. I think this congregation will flourish, but more than that, I think that God will be glorified in what we're doing. And it's all going to be because we chose to come after him, to, to, to deny ourselves, take up our crosses, and follow. Maybe this morning, you need to be crucified with Christ. You need to put your old self to death. You haven't done that yet. You need to do it for the very first time. Well, we'd love to, to baptize you. There's a baptistry right here. Um, we'd love to, to do that for you. Um, to, to baptize you for forgiveness of sins, there's no better time to do it than right now, to, to put that old self to death. Maybe this morning you were on the right track. Um, you, you had denied yourself, you'd taken up your cross and you followed, but maybe you didn't have the emphasis on that word daily. Maybe you, you aren't taking up your cross anymore. You let that old self come back to life. Well, we'd love to help you um, get back on that right track. Or maybe um, you've just stumbled and you fell and you need help. But we all fall. We all fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3, 23. But this body here it, collectively is strong enough to pick you back up. So if you have a need, we'd love to pray with you and give you all the love that we have. And maybe you aren't the kind of person that wants to come forward on a Sunday morning. Well, you can come to us publicly or privately after worship and, and talk to me or Russ or, or Kevin or Keith or Bill or Horace or, or one of our wives. You can come up and talk to us. We really want to help you in any way that we can. If you have a need, you can come forward, or come forward, or come talk to us. Um, let's stand and let's sing.